Wait, I want to start over. I want to do it all together. Okay. I want to start over. Okay. Wait. Okay. Okay. Let's go! Oh my god, Trey is actually tone deaf and he's been listening to that for like the last 10 minutes. This is now five podcasts in which you put me on blast at the beginning of the podcast. All right. Hey, everyone. I am Kelsey. And I'm Trey. And thanks for listening to the Extra Credits podcast. Today, we are reviewing Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. What are his secrets? What are his secrets? I want to know his secrets. Tell us, Dumby. And if this is your first time listening, The Extra Credits is a podcast where we talk about movies and shows that we love. And we're both teachers. Uh, We're married to each other. So... Hell we talk yeah. about movies all the time. We figured why not record them on a podcast and, um, you know, see what everyone else thinks too. And we both teach. So Trey teaches social studies, world history, and government. And I teach English and women's studies. So we spend a lot of our days thinking and talking about the themes that show up in these movies and TV shows. And we are excited um, to get into it today. Yes. First, I want to start off by saying... If you are a veteran listener of this 14-episode thus far podcast (laughs) uh, and you've reviewed the podcast with stars on Spotify or Apple or maybe using your words on Apple Reviews, we thank you. Seriously, thank you. Thank you. There have been a few listeners out there that have written incredibly detailed and very, very nice, so nice that we've shared them to friends and loved ones and we're just so appreciative of anybody who's listening and and that appreciates to be a part of our community here so thank you but if you're a new listener welcome please if you like what you hear join the extra credits community with five stars on spotify or apple and leave us a review of your thoughts of the pod if you really enjoyed spending your time with us and listening to us sing and me sing pretty badly and kelsey sing very well the algorithm gods of podcast sites, y'all, are so confusing. So we're hoping our listeners chiming in with reviews and stars will help us build a larger community. So thank you to everybody who's been listening, and thank you to the new listeners. Kelsey? Yes, we just want to be found. And, you know, other <laughs> yeah. other podcasts will be Truly. like, you know, we appreciate your feedback. Give us whatever stars. Like, obviously... You know, we just want five. Like, we just want to be found on the podcast algorithm. And then people can decide whether to click in or out. You know what I'm saying? So We don't want um, our most listened to podcast to be about how what happened with Will Smith. We we have some actual nuance to give to some of these movies. So please be a part of that. We love movies. And hopefully, um, we've gotten some really cool feedback, too. Like, if you love movies, hopefully you enjoy listening. Okay, let's get into it. All right, let's do it. Fantastic Beasts. Fantastic Beasts. Should we start with this universe this extended well harry potter universe what do you want to do before we get in i think we're going to talk about like the other movies first yes um but before we even do that i think we should obviously like acknowledge jk and her tweets yeah rallying yeah so i mean she her tweets have been extremely hurtful and hateful Mm -hmm. uh, towards the trans community and i think like trey and i have talked a lot about what our relationship can be to Harry Potter in the wizarding world after her tweets and blogs came out. Like I can't imagine being a part of the LGBTQ plus community, especially if you are a Harry Potter fan 
and hearing someone who is supposed to be talking about love and hope and community, like say these things. And I think like where we are right now, it's like complicated, but I I think we still like love Harry Potter and the stories and the world. Uh, But we want to be careful not to uplift JK and that still feels complicated, but I think it's like a conversation that we'll continue to have, um, you know, about like how we can or can't separate art from artists. Yeah, it's a conversation a lot of people are having about different content today. And I think we're able to have that with Harry Potter in this in this magical cinematic universe. And I think this is where books and movies differ a bit, too, because Kelsey and I were never harry potter book fanatics and that might seem weird we took like a college class in harry potter right what was that called harry potter we did i forget the official name but it was an 8 a.m we were there every morning yes it was a max capacity class and people were very book heavy and we loved the books growing up they were formative to our childhoods but we realized very quickly in that room throughout that year that the movies were way more formative to us as kids and the book fans' lives, from what it seemed on social media, were turned upside down with what happened with J.K. Rowling. Whereas Kelsey and I, like we said, were more fans of the movies. And that's where separating the artist from the art became a little bit easier, but still heavily complicated. Because there's so many creators, so many, in the Wizarding Cinematic Universe that they've created with these next three films after the Harry Potter series. But also in the eight Harry Potter series, movie Harry Potter series. They have they, These people who created these movies have serious love and affection for all audiences and jk rowling used her platform to marginalize the trans community even more than they already are which makes the job harder for everybody involved in this production for all of these movies in this cinematic universe so i really hope rowling listens to those who were most impacted by her words in the future and grows from there so with that said let's move on to the fantastic beast trilogy and we'll go into reviewing the secrets of Dumbledore let's start off with Fantastic Beast and where to find them right Kels yeah let's talk about the first two movies in this um trilogy trilogy so far okay so there's a lot of talk especially with this new movie about the earnings the critical review will a fourth one be made (laughs) uh let's go ahead and talk about Fantastic Beast earning and critical review Trey hit us Sure. So the earnings were, I think it was like a budget of $200 million and it made over $800 million. So that's a pretty good number for Warner Brothers. They were happy with that. Even the critical reviews were pretty good. It was like 79% critics on Rotten Tomatoes and 74% from the audience. And we went into this thinking, I think it was like 2016 when this came out, we were in college, like about to graduate. And we went into this thinking like, wow, this is kind of weird. This is a a fantastic beast. We're like, we're so used to following these characters. Look at all these fantastic beasts. (laughs) Well, it was just (laughs) awkward to see like, like beast as the main characters of a movie. Like, but in the trailer, you couldn't tell much from Eddie Redman's Eddie Redmayne, Eddie Redmayne's Mm -hmm. performance as new. You didn't know what exactly was there. You know, the main character was necessarily, you kind of just assumed that it was about this magia zoologist and trying to get these beasts back. And it's just kind of an odd premise that is a prequel and not prequel to these Harry Potter movies. So we weren't sold on it going into it. And then I think when we saw the movie, I think we were surprisingly loved or in in love with this awkward Hufflepuff and Newt Scamander and his animals and his his picket specifically, his little what is he? Uh, the tree oh, I mini heard, tree. A bow truckle, is yes, that what they're called? That is correct, a bow truckle. And I think we were just 
taken aback by how genuine the movie felt. Like there was obviously a lot of popcorn in the movie. There was a lot of big ideas, TNT flashes of like this movie is almost like going to be the exciting B minus Harry Potter movie. But there was something grounded about Newt's character and what they were trying to do by trying to save these animals. Um, And I think, I think we were also thrown off a little bit because that was juxtaposed with this like dark underbelly of this wizarding world with Colin Farrell as the villain and potentially one of the best villains in the whole wizarding universe. Like I think Kelsey, he might be the third best villain, like second to Umbridge and first obviously being Voldemort. I would really have to think about it, but I mean, I loved Colin Farrell in this movie. Like I he, want so much more of him. vibes were great. Yeah, he was so scary, especially him in the shadows with Credence. I mean, there were so many, it was just so hard, but also it was, I think going back and watching it again, which Kelsey and I watched the first two movies before seeing The Secrets of Dumbledore yesterday, we went back and watched the first two and seeing this movie again, it was so interesting the way they juxtaposed all this uh, Newt Scamander being working in this like zoo in his briefcase, trying to save animals from extinction and just trying to help these animals and help these creatures and juxtapose that with this kind of underbelly of corruption in government and this uh, this this want for power at all cost. And Newt Scamander being like, I actually don't want to be involved in this. I'm a centrist and I don't really see, I'm apolitical, if you will. And this kind of government and this corruption and this fight for power and this narcissism that's attached to that kind of overtaking everything that Newt wants to do and separate himself from saving these animals because one of the reasons these animals are going extinct is because of this kind of corruption. And that, and those two ideas, these two like kind of philosophies of being apolitical versus uh, power hungry and just combining them in this movie was really fascinating. And I did not expect that going into it. So we ended up, I think, I think it's fair to say we both end up loving this movie today. Yeah. Like I think rewatching it, we had such a good time. Yeah. And yeah. I was, I was so interested. I love everything that you just said. I'm about to talk about Newt and the beasts too. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting to hear people's relationship to these movies and kind of like what they want out of them, because this is different than the Harry Potter movies. And like you said, we were like, you know, I don't know what to go, what to think going into this, Mm -hmm. but this is my favorite movie of the trilogy. The first one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I haven't heard that from people a lot and I'm surprised. Yeah. What is up with that? We've, yeah. we've listened to so many pods on the fantastic beast leading up to our own and read so much and critics and even maybe fans really, really, really like the secrets of Dumbledore and we'll get there. But this first movie is, I think, I, I think it's one of the best Harry Potter movies ever made. If you're going to compare it to I don't one know the, if I would go there. I would have, I think when we a, talk about rankings, maybe we'll, we'll talk about I, that. Let's I'd just have say, to really think about it. It's, it's in my top five to six. It's in my five to six range. I really, really love the movie. I think, I think Newt's commander is one of the most interesting protagonists in a cinematic universe. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go Hufflepuffs. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's shout out the, we're not, I'm not Huffle- a Hufflepuff. Yeah. I'm not either. I'm a Ravenclaw to be, to be clear. Gryffindor. obviously. <laughs> and, um, but I love Newt. He's introverted. Uh, Trey and I are both kind of introverted. Like it was cool to see someone who is introverted on the screen 
and I loved the beasts. Like I don't really like animals in most movies. And maybe that's because when we were growing up in the nineties, like there were so many like air bud and like just barks and Dr. as like a plot. And I <laughs> don't really love animals in movies, but I loved the beasts here. Like the mm-hmm. briefcase extension charm and all the habitats that Newt has and like him caring for the beasts and being able to see all of them. Uh, I loved that part of the movie so much. Like there was so much like wonder and like the ooh ah of Harry Potter and like the I love magic right. um, vibes in that movie. And also like what you're talking about, it feels like a crime thriller too, or like a political thriller, yeah. which I think was unsuccessful in this third movie, which we're about to talk about. But there was that really cool scene uh, towards the end, or I guess like maybe the last act of the movie where they're in the Makuza magical Congress of the United States of America, like building with the interrogation and like uh, the death sentence Mm -hmm. and that all of that was so cool and felt really new, but still like grounded within that magical world, like things that could actually happen. Um, And yeah, an extended universe was promised to us and they succeeded. Yeah. Like it, we didn't think they would. It was like, I, I hate to say it, but I really had like, we had major doubts when we first saw this movie. We were like, I don't know about this Fantastic Beast thing. It doesn't, you're telling me it's extended universe, but I'm also seeing like a zoo in the trailers. I'm very confused. And it, it definitely was successful. Yeah. And also I think that, people talk a lot about the characters in these movies because they're not Ron Hermione, like people who we've got to grow up with. Yeah. And I thought in this movie, they did a great job, like establishing brand new characters like Kowalski. Yeah. Jacob. Uh, yeah. And the new sisters and the sisters. Yeah. Yep. Tina and uh, Queenie. Like yep. I loved meeting these characters and I thought they all had great uh, personalities and relationships to each other. And like you said, like the kind of, especially Colin Farrell's acting performance was amazing. Uh, but he was also really chilling, which I think was not captured by like the, even Johnny Depp portrayal, um, or the who's, um, I forgot how to pronounce his name. Grindelwald. No, who plays, uh, Grindelwald in the third one. Mass Mickelson. Yes. Yes. So, um, I felt like Colin Farrell really captured that like chilling, uh, character. Yeah, he did. Who I would see like in, uh, like a death eater, you know, scene. Oh, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it feels like. So, oh wait, we're going to add anything. I, else? I just want to say one last thing. I, there was one scene in the fantastic beast and where to find them, where I think they go to a speakeasy of sorts, like mm-hmm. underground. And, uh, that kind of creativity and innovation is absent from, I think, future movies. I don't really think, even though I don't dislike crimes of Grindelwald, it's not really there as much, and it's definitely not in The Secrets of Dumbledore, at least from what we could tell from one viewing so far. Um, and that kind of... That, that I guess you, you would think in a magical movie such as this universe that they would be all the time creating new things in every scene. And really what we start to see after The Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them is this kind of like mm, fan service with a touch of this political crime thriller that Kelsey is talking about. But the first movie, the fantastic beast and where to find them, you can see this like real passion for wanting to create something new. There are new, there's new storyboarding going on, new compositions in every scene. The direction's very interesting. The screenwriting was pretty good. The acting was fantastic. So all around just a really cool, interesting addition to this universe. Yeah. I was really interested and like surprised. And I think that is the best way to describe it. Cause I've been trying to like 
think about language to even describe what's missing in the other ones. And I think the creativity is like a perfect way to put it. Yeah. Heart. Okay. So before we move on, Trey, what is your favorite beast since this is the ah, most beast heavy movie? That's a really good question. I think the Arumpent, I think that's what it was called. The Arumpent Moss. I only remember that. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of the animals' names, but I remember that one specifically because it reminds us of one of our dogs, Appa. And I can't get it. It's just that was just a hilarious scene in general, seeing uh Newt do his little dance and Eddie Redmond. I forgot do, about the dance. That was so weird. He's kinda like he yeah. threw his like he, he was like sticking his butt out and throwing his his like a uh, coat over his butt that was hilarious and uh just the a rumpet chasing after jacob and the musk it was just hilarious i love that character that animal good choice a very cute character uh, or beast i think i have to go with picket uh, i just thought like the relationship with newt and picket was so cute it's like adorable when he was going to give him away at uh the speakeasy and he was like reaching for him with his little bow truckle, like stem <laughs> hands. And then their conversation towards the end of the movie where New was like, I was never going to give you away. Um, I just thought that was so cute. And honorable mentions to the Niffler and Niffler babies. Niffler babies um, are really cute. Yeah, really cute. Like stealing everything. Um, and then a special shout out to the monkey like creature. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but a demigods yes. i think that sounds right um and that was the creature that had th- it, the power to be invisible and predict the future and was watching that little snake lizard bird creature um and collecting little eggs you know so I, cute. I i think we said this in the theater but or when we saw the first one recently again we thought oh the demigods with its hair that it kind of turns the things into being invisible they probably use that fur because there's poachers trying to get these animals and newt's trying to save them so they can um uh hopefully be safe from these poachers and i think they use the skin of the demi guys to make the invisibility cloak don't they isn't that I think in the lore I've heard that somewhere yeah and then also with the niffler his little his little sack that's probably where hermione's sack comes from her 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 oh you purse? think that like that's that the kind of fabric they use yeah animals and taken off their skin and used no, it to- she uses an enchantment charm to an extension charm. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Because I saw Dumbledore <laughs> at one point in his hat, like take things out in the secrets of Dumbledore, and I was like, oh, he killed a ni- the Niffler. That's a Niffler oh skin. Oh my god, that's a Niffler. Stomach. I thought there's a social commentary going on no. about poaching. I, th- I thought that's what was happening. Okay, I mean, never I mind, think guys. There is poaching, <laughs> like conversations, because Newt says them. You know, throughout, yeah. he's like, there. You know, people try to take their. Well, whatever. plus they started off the movie like that. Yeah, with the new one. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> let's go. Let's go to what do we have? The crimes. Sure, of- he thinks there's animal cruelty littered throughout all the harry potter movies i think honestly i might be in the right here you never know we'll, we'll have to watch the behind the scenes all right crimes of grindelwald earnings for the movie were about 655 million dollars at the box office so made about 150 million less not great than the first one the critic review was awful uh i think critics liked it 36 percent of them liked it <laughs> in 54 percent of the audience i think a lot of it has to do with the johnny depp amber heard situation um, and frankly, I just, from what I understand about that situation, I don't have enough information on that situation to talk about it right now, but it seems tragic. Uh, and the people are very passionate on both sides of that right now, but I don't know enough to comment on it, but that had a large impact on the movie, uh, for rightful reasons. They should have recasted Johnny Depp if he's in the middle of a legal dispute as large as that one. And also the movie just isn't as good as the first one. So I think it took a lot for people to kind of get used to and adjust to. And I don't, I think when critiquing that this movie crimes of grindelwald i think i came into it really excited weirdly kelsey for the newt and tina relationship 
because they end, yeah, they end the it. first one off the boat and they do this awkward thing where he's like doesn't want to make eye contact he's so introverted but he loves tina and i think i don't understand after the first one why but after watching the second one i know why because tina is trying to help others in need and that's all newt is trying to do they're doing the same thing except she feels very comfortable around people and newt feels very uncomfortable around people newt likes to be in his more isolated areas of help and she's okay with being in the open world that makes newt nervous for a variety of reasons so this made me think y'all i was like wait newt let me google this name i did some googling newt is actually a salamander a newt is a little salamander. It's in the salamander tree. Yeah, a and, newt. Have you what is not ne- seen Matilda? No, guys, I know what a newt is, okay? <laughs> but I didn't know it was a part of the salamander branch of the species. And what does he say to uh, Tina? That she has the eyes of a salamander. Oh. Yeah, I actually didn't put and that And I together. thought that was really sweet because they both have the same intentions. I don't know. I thought that was really awesome. Also, maybe the best scene like in of the Of the whole series. <laughs> I think the whole series, that is the not best the scene. Not the whole series. No, it is. I think it is. Uh... Where she said you have the eyes of the salamander. I don't know. There were a lot of great ones in the first movie. I just wanted more of their relationship, y'all. And this movie did a pretty good job of it, but I wanted more of it in the movie. I think they have a beautiful friendship and relationship that's amazing that should have been shown more. And I also loved how dark this movie was. And I think aside from the character development being a little bit slower from the original Fantastic Beast character development, I think the focus on growing the darkness of the movie, like, in its tone, not just the aesthetic and growing the stakes with Grindelwald and his manipulation to build followers. Also the addition of Dumbledore as this kind of like uh, antagonist to Grindelwald and one trying to build his followers. I thought that was really cool. We got like an origins to Dumbledore sort of in this movie, but you could start feeling the popcorn film coming out of this a little bit. It was starting to get away from this, sense of realism and trying to move into this world of absurdity a little bit uh just because you can feel the i think the johnny depp acting isn't horrible but you can feel the kind of like him trying to touch on this tone that's not really what fantastic beast and where to find them was about uh and it's almost like comic-y to a certain bit i think at one point at the end and i think the movie just does too much it weighs itself down with too many side plots so it ends up being a pretty good movie in my estimation, but not as good, not even close as the first one. Yeah, you can feel like the the heavy kind of like production. And also like, I think like the subconscious mind might be creeping up with like Jack Sparrow vibes, possibly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that's like, just a Johnny Depp problem in general. Um, yeah. But I mean, because I, I thought he was uh, like good and I really liked the that manipulation uh, like you're talking about to build followers, especially at the end of the movie with the graveyard scene, like mm-hmm. give us all the graveyards in Harry Potter. Okay. Give us all the gatherings. Um, but also the great opening scene with Grindelwald's like prison break. I thought that was so cool. That was very cool. Um, and then also like the ministry of magic in Paris in this movie. Like I personally love seeing all the different worlds in, in the wizarding world. And, also, the house that Grindelwald takes over with his followers was really cool, I thought, um, and felt like really spooky and chilling. And uh, I thought that was cool that they could do that with a, a set piece. And then also, like, ultimately, even though I didn't totally buy in or was a little, you know, confused about the motivations, which continues to happen into this next movie mm-hmm. for the characters, um, especially Queenie, like going to the the dark side, I still thought it was uh, a good like move just to like move the plot along through 
us caring about the characters that we already care about. Yes. Um, and I actually really like the addition of Lita Lestrange in this uh, movie. Like I thought maybe Zoe some Kravitz. Of, yes. Shout also out. Catwoman. Um, I feel like the, the kind of addition was too late though. I wish, I think you even said this, um, or said this first that you wish she was in the first movie because also her brother, I wish he was in the first movie. Yeah. Like I wish I was able to develop a relationship with the character. So that way I could feel the impact of her sacrifice and her death, um, at the end a little bit more heavily, um, which by the way, good looks for Slytherin. Okay. That's a great look for Slytherin. Yes. Good um, looks. but yeah, I, I wish I had like more of the leader Lestrange in the first movie. So I could, I could really like appreciate that sacrifice. Um, which also kind of tried to do though with the Dumbledore conversation, which felt kind of weird though, because she was like a grown woman. It's like, Oh, I heard, yeah. <laughs> I heard she died. Is that true? Ah, shucks. Wait, what? Are <laughs> you talking about when he asked, when he asked, are we talking about when he Dumbledore talked to Lita? I was talking about when she came back to school and they were all having like anxiety about like basically going back to their high school building. Oh, I thought you were talking about when he <laughs> talked to New. Yeah, that was weird too because he did talk to her like she was still, fit. or she kind of communicated like she was still like 16 in school. She was like, I was a bad student, say And he was like, okay, all right. <laughs> and that really made me feel like, all right, Dumbledore is definitely a teacher. This feels like being a teacher, yeah. But I really didn't like how Credence is alive in this film. And we, I know that sounds, I, mean, yeah. I know it sounds bad. And we like Ezra Miller. Ezra is a really great actor. We followed Ezra since I think Perks of Being a Wallflower. So big fan of that film. But, and obviously the off, you know, the legal issues are huge right now. And off the set, it seems like a mess. But Credence being alive, I think takes away from a lot of the stakes in the first one. And again, that creativity from the first film. I think this movie is trying to, honestly just make money that's what this this crimes grindelwald movie is just trying to do it's not interested in the storytelling as much as the first one was and maybe that's because the incentives are gone maybe they know they've hooked us line and sinker and that's just where we are right now and making movies especially in universe type movies but it just sucks to see that they brought his character back without i guess kind of a serious reason why or i guess how is probably a better way to explain that like how did he come back and that makes it really confusing yeah, I mean, I think the where it could have been saved is if they were talking about like how obscurials can survive and really having a cool conversation about like suppressing um, magic and like suppressing emotions. Right. Like, I thought that would be that would be a really cool conversation, um, but instead we got like these weird, um, weirdly confusing, which continues into the third movie, kind of like confusing plot lines of like comma and Lita and, and their family story. And I just like, wasn't invested, um, in, in that story because I was also a little bit confused by it. Yeah. And we had like, Ezra, when we saw the boat scene in the theater. We were like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and we had like Ezra and Credence, you know, or Ezra and Credence as one Credence show up, um, and be like, so this is my family. Okay. So this is my family. And so like, actually though, the, like the scene where the woman died, who was on his adoption papers, that was really sad. Um, but it did feel just like whenever, um, Ezra's acting, when he was talking to like Grindelwald on the roof after, um, that woman was killed, he was like, I forget what he said, but it was just so abrupt and like, just wasn't felt out of place and took me out of the movie. Um, and it felt like, why are we still going on this storyline? And why does Grindelwald need credence? Like, right. Uh, 
it, yeah. was, it was confusing. And also we should say, because I think we're done reviewing Crimes of Grindelwald here, but I wanted to end with this before going into The Secrets of Dumbledore because it happened in between these two movies. But Ezra Miller identifies as uh, they now, I believe, um, or they, them. And I think when we say he, when we're talking about Credence, we're saying Credence because Credence, from what we assume to be in the movie, identifies as male, so he, him. So thought I'd throw that out there just in case anybody was wondering um, yeah, didn't want to offend anybody too. Yeah, a good note. Okay, so let's talk about the secrets. What are his secrets? Of Dumbledore. What are they? <laughs> okay, tell us the earnings and critical review and then we'll we'll jump into our thoughts. I just really hope J.K. Rowling wasn't writing some more being like, they don't know he's gay yet. So I'm just going to say the secrets of Dumbledore in the title. <laughs> like, no, bro, we figured it out a long time ago. All right, the earnings of this movie. You two- told us. <laughs> yeah, you're literally the person that told us. Uh, the earnings were 200 million. No, they were not 200 million. So far, they've been $80 million. But the movie... Only cost about two hundred million. <laughs> Guys, can we pause for a second and think about how crazy it is that all three of these movies have cost two hundred million dollars? If you told me you could make a Harry Potter film for ten million, I'd be there tonight. I'd be there right now. I'd leave right Give now. Give us the A twenty four. You don't Harry need to Potter do movie. these two hundred million dollar films. Anyways, I digress. It's made eighty million dollars in two days, which is a little bit worse than the previous two films, just by a little bit. And the critical review so far from the critics is forty nine percent Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty bad. But like I said, the last one was 34, 35. So that's also rough. This is a step up. Not great. Not to that 74 level of the first one. But audience, Kels, the audience score is 85 with a thousand plus reviews on there. It's that's only been shocking. two days. And I'm going to tell everybody right now, that's called inflation, y'all. <laughs> there is somebody, check the books. Somebody is getting paid. I'm saying Warner Brothers wants five movies of this, okay? Someone is getting paid. That is the third highest audience score in any of the Harry, po- Harry Potter Wizarding Cinematic Universe movies. This is the 11th cinematic wizarding film, okay? There is no way that this is the third best movie. This is the worst movie, right, Kels, of the 11? Let's oh, just say yeah. it. We're not rating on a hierarchy yet, but this is the worst one. I think it's the easiest one to say for us, at least. I think a lot of people have said that this is like the second or third worst one, but for us, it's the worst, at least bottom three. So yeah. being the third highest score, that's ridiculous. Can't trust Rotten Tomatoes. Who can we trust? I need I need a chillin' out here to come to the three movie posters. <laughs> that little guy, got he's got to pick a movie because this is ridiculous. This is not a regulatory body, Rotten Tomatoes. You need to become centralized. Anyways, <laughs> let's move on. Okay. So I guess before we, though, get to the plot and our review... Um, at the end of the podcast, we usually tell you whether we think, uh, a movie, um, or show deserves, uh, extra credit. And so this, obviously we just told you, (laughs) we think it does not deserve extra credit. Less credit. (laughs) Yes. Less credit. Um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't go see it. That doesn't mean that I don't want five movies to be made. I want to spend time in the wizarding world. Absolutely. Um, as long as possible. And I still think they could do great things. Um, there are things that I'll talk about that I feel like were successful in the, you know, trilogy that I want to see more of and let's get into it. Okay. We are going to go ahead and use, um, the Wikipedia plot. Okay. And when you hear this plot, all right, by the way, we're getting into spoilers right now. Okay. We're getting into spoilers, but when you hear this plot and when I read this plot, I was like, where is this movie? This movie sounds (laughs) great. When I watched the trailer again this morning, I was like, give me that movie it's hard to make a movie y'all that's what this movie proves it is difficult to make a film because on paper this sounds pretty interesting (laughs) okay 
So let's do this. Okay. In China in 1932, Newt Scamander helps a chillin, a magical creature that can see into one's soul as well as the future, Jeez. which wasn't totally clear. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the, the mom chillin gives birth and Grindelwald's followers led by Credence Barebone. I guess he kept the name. Wow. I don't know. He calls himself, he calls himself a Dumbledore at one point, Aurelius. Anyway, uh. Credence. <laughs> I guess that's a spoiler, so they don't want to put it in the plot. Yeah, and the and Grindelwald's followers attack and kill the mother and kidnap the newborn. A really cool scene and reminiscent of the Snatchers from Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows Part 1. Yes. And Credence brings this Bambi chillin' home <laughs> to Grindelwald. And Grindelwald, we think he's going to be all nice to the chillin', slits his throat. So disturbing. It was crazy. Uh, to question mark, see the future in its blood. Yeah, and to know. win the election to show that Grindy is the purest boy in the land. Aww. Unbeknownst to Grindy and his followers, however, the chillin has birthed twins. And the younger of which Newt is able to save. A very sad and brutal scene. All right. So first of all, you're a great reader. Uh, we need to shout out Jason Concepcion because you two are the best <laughs> podcast readers I've ever Damn heard in my entire life. I would not put myself in a category with Jason and Mallory. Well, that makes me Mallory. So that's why I said it. Okay. <laughs> so the first few minutes of this movie are the best parts of the entire two and a half hour film. <laughs> that is so depressing. But seeing Newt try to protect the chillin' was heartbreaking from what we know of newt and his pure intentions of helping these animals and frankly newt just being like the only cool thing i think about this trilogy or so far trilogy seeing him lose this chillin and 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 not be able to protect it is so disturbing the way that these these poachers are hurting the mother so sad the followers of grindy are too much for him to handle newt tries to save the baby by jumping off a cliff and he was hit by a spell, this really intense kind of an introduction to this magical beast film. And I think what we both wanted the series to focus on, this movie does in this first five minutes. And then after those five minutes, Kelsey, the plot becomes so convoluted <laughs> and becomes immediately stakeless. Like there's there's no, I feel like there's no transparent, consistent line of reasoning throughout the movie or explanation of why someone is doing something or even like the plot becomes a little bit hazy in terms of what person got where and how they got to that one place or why they have that one thing <laughs> and there there were semblances of this I guess of these inconsistencies that is in the secrets of Dumbledore that were in Crimes of Grindelwald but this immediately after the first five or seven minutes you knew it was going to be bad I think you turned to me and said, this is pretty bad in like 15 minutes. In. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I agree. Like I loved the opening scene. I was like, yes, like animals, like Newt saving them, the beasts and that, like those ooh, ah moments that I love. Like mm -hmm. when we were, you know, the first time we saw like Diagon Alley or like a charm in class, like yes. the, I love magic moments, like seeing the cute deer with like scales and feathers and like the duck, um, you know, thing like turning into a hot air balloon. Oh yeah. Those were so cool. And like moments that were full of creativity and wonder. And so I, I love seeing the animals and I really thought like what you're saying about us 
us really being excited for that to be maybe how they're starting off the movie and what's going to be the focus of the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I loved and thought they were going to make the animals like this crucial plot point um, of like fighting over resources, sort of, of oh, like, yeah. um, you know, people kind of like the Sorcerer's Stone or fighting over other resources in Harry Potter movies or the Wizarding World, like the beasts are now incorporated in that way. And that would add stakes to the movie. Right. Um, which they sort of tried to do with the chillin, but it didn't end up panning out in a way that felt like paid off or even made sense. And so, um, we'll get into it in a, in a minute here, but or it's I like, agree. it's like, I, and I think it's kind of like what we've been saying is that these movies keep reintroducing characters in the second movie and now the third movie and then killing them off. There is no continuity. And so if they showed us a magical beast that we had a relationship to, like one of Newt's closest beasts and that that beast had a blood that could help you see into the future we would have been distraught in the theater if they would have taken out one of those beasts and that beast became extinct like that would have been a really big deal and i think that's where you could have reconnected the tissue of this movie and and the origins of this kind of fantastic beast and where to find them and now for some reason this movie is called fantastic beast the secrets of dumbledore (laughs) it's really confusing all right i don't want to go off too off topic yeah okay so I, I totally agree though. It it goes from what I thought would be a really cool stakes movie to a wannabe oceans political thriller uh that is not panning out. Okay, back and to it, plot. In fairness, we keep saying back to plot, but it's like it's guys, I think I was more triggered than Kelsey, but you could tell we're both <laughs> not really into this film. But if you told me there was a Soderbergh Oceans like magical world movie that comes from the harry potter universe i would freak out but you're right this is like a very b minus version of that that's a good point yes okay well let's talk about even that that ocean's premise here in a second so back to plot okay uh unable to fight grindelwald due to the blood pact albus dumbledore recruits newt his brother theseus charms professor eulalie Lally hicks yeah or is it lally i think it's lally lally hicks could be wrong Senegalese, French wizard, Yusuf Kama, and American nomad Jacob Kowalski, to fight against Grindelwald's plan for world domination. Sounds cool. Yusuf, it does sound cool. Yusuf Kama is planted as a spy, also sounds cool, in Grindelwald's inner circle, while the rest of the group is sent to Berlin, Germany. There, the group witnesses Grindelwald being acquitted of all criminal charges by the International Confederation of Wizards, ICW. The who? And <laughs> subsequently running for the office of Supreme Mugwump. Excuse me? Which, <laughs> this is where I start to get confused <laughs> because I didn't even know that he was like running for the head of the Wizarding World. I was like, okay, like I think he's just running for like the head of Germany. And so like, okay, Hitler comps, yeah, I guess. I guess. And, uh, and Trump. It was very confusing. Yeah. Okay. So Trey, <laughs> tell us where you're at in this point of the movie. I think it's important to start off with the idea that Dumbledore chooses this ragtag group of wizards, like the guy who works in a zoo and his briefcase, Jacob the muggle <laughs> and a couple other random people along the way and some dude the what what is his name you said that yusuf kama the mm-hmm. brother of uh zoe kravitz's character who maybe says two sentences in this film and like i don't know what is i don't know what is going on in like 45 minutes into this movie <laughs> when they when they threw the group together and they're on the train and uh 
and Newt is kind of like, yeah, I got all of you together so we can stop the most powerful wizard on the planet from murdering millions of muggles. I'm kind of like, wait, excuse me, you're the team that they got together? You're the powerful team? Yeah, this is where I was like talking about the Oceans like plot, um, right. which maybe they could have made cool, but they didn't even like go into the characters like Kama and... Yeah. Um, I, I was like, what is happening with comma the whole time? Uh, and yeah, this is where I leaned over to you in the movie and I was like, what is going on? Like why this group? And you're like, stop it. I, I can't like check out this early. I have to buy it. <laughs> it started with Lally. I think it's Lally. I, I apologize if that's wrong. I don't know why I'm apologizing. There are no Lally stands out there, but Lally Hicks, who's the professor played by Jessica Williams, who also played the teacher from Booksmart. Oh, true. Shout out. Not the teacher, because that's problematic. We'll get to that in our book smart review one day. But Jessica Williams, really good actress. She does a good job in this. Her accent is awful, but that's a different story. She acts very well. And she's basically re- replacing Catherine Watterson's Tina. And I have a lot of thoughts, y'all. I have a lot of thoughts about that idea, wh- whoever made that decision. And it could be a few different things. But that decision was so alarming because Jessica Williams' character was awesome. They could have... They they introduced her a little bit in that book. Who was reading that book at the end of Crimes of Grindelwald? Oh, uh, Nicholas Flamel. Yeah, yeah, Nicholas Flamel's book. She talks to him for a second. So it's cool we got her as this addition. But it's weird because they're also using her in a lot of scenes that obviously feel like they were for Tina's character. And like they could have obviously had both of those characters in this movie. But not having Tina here, like I said, I'll get to it. But that character of that Williams plays does a really good job aside from the theater accent, which I I noted, it just felt weird not to have Tina anywhere in the film at the beginning. So the group just felt like never stable to me at the beginning. I just was like, where, where Mm -hmm. is Tina? And also her sister was a queenie. Queenie. Yeah. Just, I know she's on the dark side now for a variety of reasons that are unknown to the audience (laughs) still. Um, but cause it's still confusing why Queenie became a, a villain basically yeah. it's not clear you think she's like trying to save jacob maybe low-key in the second movie she's going to the dark side with grindelwald because she's trying to be behind the scenes like what basically what they're doing with yusuf's character here they're trying i thought queenie was doing but in fact no queenie's actually bad yeah and also just ignores jacob like even though her whole yeah, she ignores him because she's trying to, to save him. Is, yeah. <laughs> Very confusing. So just all these poorly written characters and now taking characters out of the film. This e- These inconsistencies are starting to feel very transparent within 40 minutes of the film. And then you have Theseus, who is a, a, a very good looking man, Callum Turner. I think that's the name of the actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interesting character. Very interesting. More interesting is his relationship to his brother, Newt. Uh, they have a... A, a weird relationship but i'm fascinated by it but theseus his fiance got murdered in the previous movie like literally this is true it, it could have been a couple months before this i don't know what the timeline is here it could be a couple years i guess but they don't even touch on it when new is lifted up by that animal that you're talking about and he is kind of passed out I think that creature lifts him up and then takes him away. And then the kind of title card drops. Oh yeah. The duck. Right. And then we're reintroduced to Newt and Theseus for some reason. In Hogsmeade, oh yeah. I think. They like walk into the, into Aberforth's yeah, bar. Right. That was so weird. There was like a middle, there was like a five minute scene that we missed where Newt is dropped off at Theseus's house by one of his animals because he's passed out. And Theseus is like, I don't know, drinking and tired and sad because his wife died or his fiance died. Yeah, show us Theseus in a robe. Give us a Robert Pattinson Theseus moment where he's depressed in a dungeon. That's what I thought we were going to get a little bit. Some kind of character building, y'all. This I don't want to have to write notes for the writers of this movie, but I'm going to have to. And I just don't think the character development of this group was just done well at all. 
And so you basically have Newt relaying this mission to this ragtag team of group, this group made by Dumbledore, the C version of a Mission Impossible team. And it's like they're trying to take down Grindelwald, but you don't know what Grindelwald is actually like trying to do. <laughs> and that's really confusing. So it's like, we need to take down Grindelwald, but then they're like, okay, but like fight him or like take his power. Wait, does he have any power besides the magic? Does he have any position he's a part of? And it's like unclear. Like if I took a mic and I asked audiences coming out of the theater, what political position is Grindelwald running for? It would be so depressing, I think, to Warner Brothers. Maybe not. Maybe they're doing fine. But I just don't think people understand what the election was for. And maybe the the voting fraud plot, like that was kind of obvious that the the kind of like messing with elections was like the, an idea of a plot point. But it felt so weighed down by all these side plots. Like Grindelwald is legitimately running for the head of the magical United Nations. And no one in the theater, I guarantee it, knows what the hell he is running for <laughs> or why he has a chance to win. Like the Trump election being used as a motivation the screen for the screenwriters is interesting, but again, it's just so lazily done because it seems so forced with no clear connection from the previous film. Like Grindelwald was trying to get people to see why the the government was after him and he had done nothing wrong. That's why he allows that kind of murder to happen at the end of the crimes of Grindelwald. But having this transition within a few years or few months, I don't know what the timeline is, like I said, into this where he's running for this like head of the magical UN. It makes no sense. So I was just really, yeah, I, I was really like, annoyed. Okay. I'm going to get into this like specific nitpick uh, as we go on into the story. Um, but yeah, I mean like also this seems like something that Grindelwald's character wouldn't be interested in um, like running for office. I feel like it was something that was motivated like by yeah. Trump and Brexit and like, um, things going on in, in the world but ultimately like I I was really confused about the motivations of the characters and even Grindelwald like even the most like the evil person in the world so in this magical wizard wizarding world at this right. time so that was where I got lost like immediately but I want to I want to go back because I'm going to talk about that as as we go on okay but I want to go back to the uh you know oceans what do you say? Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. <laughs> like, yeah, you were saying why? Why would we pick the these like people for you know, know to save the world? Like, I guess they gave Jacob a, a, a wand, Kelsey. I, I know. I know. There's no magic in it. There's no stem in it. But like, what? Yeah. I mean, okay. So listen. Like, I understand the the cool kind of uh, things that we love about the wizarding world of the underdog or people who just care about like justice and care about doing the right thing, like um, doing the right thing. Okay. That was beautifully said there. Um, but ultimately like we don't, like you said, we don't have anyone like better to fight Grindelwald. Like yeah. doesn't Dumbledore have these connections. He's at like the most prestigious like university or, you know, in, in the world of, of, you know, for Hogwarts and we shouldn't call it a university as teachers. We or just sorry. Can't do that. Okay. What is it like a high school? I guess it's a private school. Where's the true. public school? Hogwarts? Wow. That's what I want to know. Yeah. That's what I want to know too. Um, but like, don't we have like an Avenger professor group? Like, can't we see like, you know, the like a Phoenix? bunch of, yeah, yeah, different, really cool professors who are like 
really specialized in their field and they're like coming together on this train and then we could still add like we have that with um with hicks character right um the american professor but like we have kowalski and like theseus just because he's like newt's brother like and he's hot <laughs> yeah i don't know and um so that was weird but also on the kowalski um issue okay wait before you get to kowalski i just want to touch on one thing so i'm gonna forget yeah. about it and then we'll remind about kowalski if this movie just commented on that, like was straightforward with the audience, we know that this team is weird and it doesn't make sense that they're a team that Dumbledore liked the idea of building a secret alliance. And this was like an origins of the order of the Phoenix, which doesn't come for another like 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. I think the first one was in the seventies. That would have been freaking cool. I would have been like, I'm in, it makes no sense that these people are in this group <laughs> together. But if this is kind of like this beginnings of the secret allegiance to fighting for good, I'm, I'm pro but they don't even, they're not even self-aware about it. I don't know. Okay. Sorry. Kowalski. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Tries to kill Grindelwald. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm trying, the, the issue with this movie is that we just came like off of, you know, an eight movie series of Voldemort. Mm -hmm. Okay. The most chilling villain. Yeah. Like ever. Okay. And Kowalski is stepping to Grindelwald and I am just imagining him stepping up to Voldemort oh he would never in this yeah like in this room Nagini and yeah (laughs) and like (laughs) he's running around um after Theseus gets captured in the you know office building I don't even know where they are um but running towards this evil wizard uh, you know uh German wizard yelling like you took Theseus and I'm like wait where are the stakes? Like, why is Jacob not getting bodied right yeah, now? Yeah, why are the rules? Where yeah. are the rules for this? And also, like, just what are the intentions of everyone? Like, it's different when you have kids like Harry, Hermione, and Ron, like, thumping around locations and being like, it's him and, like, pointing fingers. Right. But we are in, like, very established, like, office buildings that are running, like, governments. And it was just so weird um, to kind of like see all of that happening. And after even Theseus like got captured, Newt's just like kicking around like outside the building in like the town square. I was like, <laughs> what is going on? Um, something that, because I think it will, I will get progressively harsher as we go on in this movie. So yeah. this movie <laughs> does have going for it. And hopefully in the fourth movie, um, is if it gets made, which I hope it does. Um, it has so much potential. Like I loved seeing Queenie, um, even though it was a little bit confusing, like the storyline. I loved seeing Queenie yeah, as like cool. this evil, like dressed in silk, um, like Death Eater. Like Draco's vibes. mom. A little exactly. Bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I love seeing her in these scenes with Grindelwald and like she was someone um, who had a really cool potential, uh, like someone we cared about to ha- to be a key to like undermining Grindelwald, which obviously she was in this movie, but it didn't feel as uh, big of a, a punch or like a, a like it didn't feel as impactful. Yeah. And I and the whole time like um, they were using Credence where they should have been using Queenie and. Even like oh, in, interesting. in the scenes where um, in the beginning, she kept looking at like the evil sidekick woman to Grindelwald. I, I don't know her name, but um, she is like just looks like this like really like evil woman, always like dressed in green. Um, and I thought they were going to like duel at the end. I was like, oh, yes, like I'm ready for this. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, OK. I think before we get back to plot, <laughs> <laughs> I think I do want to say that like Kelsey has been saying, 
I want as many magical cinematic universe movies as possible. And I don't mind for all of them, them to be this bad. It just hurts my feelings <laughs> a little bit. Okay. So if we ever feel salty, especially me, cause I'm like, hell yeah, let, let's talk badly about this movie. It's because I want to make sure that Warner brothers knows that if you're a Harry Potter fan, you think this movie sucks. And I think we should say that loudly. That's how this, our economic system works. This is trash. I'm not going to buy it on DVD. You're not going to get any more profits from it. I'm going to watch it illegally <laughs> i'm going to stream it online i don't want them to make a lot of money from this movie i want it to be very clear that we want harry potter movies magical cinematic universe movies but this was so poorly done right that's okay to say i feel like we have to say that yes I, like we want standards for the magical movies yeah um but we want as many as possible made okay yeah and i <laughs> and, and i think and again before we go to plot, i know i'm holding this up but it is i guess a deep dive here jacob Speaking of Mallory Rubin, I hope she talks about this movie from The Ringer. She does binge. She did binge mode with Jason Concepcion for Harry Potter. Check it out if you're a Harry Potter fan. It's amazing. After you're done with amazing. our podcast, it's inspiring. It actually probably inspired some like our podcast. Okay, let's um, go. <laughs> Mallory, I can't wait to hear what she says about this movie, but specifically Jacob, because there are moments in this movie where when Jacob's given a wand and he's showing it off, and we're gonna get to this in the plot to kids at Hogwarts, and he's ta- and he's putting his wand up to. To Grindelwald and saying that he's going to kill him or something like that or like that's implied Jacob wanting to be a wizard or wanting to be in the magical world it negates everything from Fantastic Beast and where where to find them this idea that humans and magical humans can live in the same universe and be different and be both special and Jacob wanting to like I guess kind of be involved in this magical universe but mm-hmm. become magical is such it might seem so small but that's where it shows this movie has no heart it's just trying to sell itself Ouch. it's it's a sellout it's selling itself and it sucks guys it really it really does because again that might seem so tiny but the, but those are the kind of tiny character developments of jacob loving about what 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 makes jacob special in the magical cinematic universe that he is a nomad he is a muggle and he is uh, weirdly kind of marginalized in the, in the magical community for that. And for him not, for them not writing his character to continue owning that about himself and instead being the butt of the joke and sort of the audience in the third movie, three movies straight is so disappointing. It's just, there is no good screenwriter that would do that unless it was a studio being like, we're just trying to make money and get some laughs. And that, I don't know. That just really irked me. I had to say that. Yeah. And the kind of like the giggle shot, like being a, a joke, like in the third movie. Three movies in of, a row. Instead of like having new comedy for Jacob felt like kind of lazy. Yeah. Okay. Back to applaud. Yeah. Grindelwald. <laughs> Grindelwald's followers who have undermined the German ministry of magic arrest Theseus and plan to assassinate one of Grindelwald's competitors, the Brazilian candidate, Santos, that's the woman candidate. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore gives Newt and Lally their next assignment to rescue Theseus and stop the assassination. While Newt rescues his brother from the secret German wizarding prison. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds funny. Yeah. I know Lally? it's not supposed to be funny because I think that there's supposed to be some implication <laughs> that there's like a Nazi prison stakes. stuff going oh, on. Oh, like, I didn't realize that even, of course. I mean, yeah, but they're they're not even, I don't think the correlation's strong enough. It's yeah. not a, not that one. They should have, yeah. Okay, well. we'll get to that later about like, if you're going to talk about Germany and like, and you're going to talk about totalitarianism, like 
then talk about it. Do a but, good job. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> Lally and Jacob um, thwart the assassination attempt. However, Jacob is subsequently framed for attempting to kill Grindelwald, and he and Lally barely escape, giving Grindelwald an incentive to turn the wizarding world against the muggle world. Meanwhile, Grindelwald has sent Credence to assassinate Dumbledore. Good luck. A terrible scene. Dumbledore quickly defeats Credence. <laughs> quickly. <laughs> quickly. Underlined. And he is revealed to be the illegitimate son of Dumbledore's younger brother, Aberforth. Tough word, illegitimate. Okay. Uh, all right. The assassination attempt was um, anything but. It was a uh, really done, a really poorly done scene and with very cool magic. Uh, you're Wait, you're talking about the assassination attempt for Dumbledore or for Grindelwald? So, sorry. I guess there are two assassination <laughs> attempts. All right, let's start with the first one. There are multiple assassination Th- Thank you for helping me out here, guys. Sorry, it's a mess. All right, the first assassination attempt against the Brazilian, I think, political leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really cool. I, that was cool. I actually enjoy that. Even even though I have problems with, um, I guess, kind of like this assassination against uh, Grindelwald, uh, I do think the whole magical fight was pretty cool. Like giving those papers for Jacob for him to run up and kind of uh, and, and touch hands with Lally for them yeah, to Yeah, a great to go magic elsewhere. scene. That was really cool. I think Newt rescuing his brother after that was also hilarious. I think the whole audience in our theater laughed. Probably the whole, only time they all laughed at the same time. I think that may have been like my favorite part of the movie. It wasn't because it was condescending for me. It couldn't have been my favorite <laughs> part. Of the first five minutes were because that was like a, that was like intense. But I didn't pick that as my favorite part. It was my second favorite part. I think just because it was like, yes, this is hilarious. But guys, come on. This, I know it was, more it was sad that it was, but I mean, I loved the sibling banter. I know. I yes. loved the like cute shrimp scorpions and the like swiveling. <laughs> the animation was really good or the CGI was really good for them too. Like you could tell there was a lot of work in that. I, I loved everything with the animals and that lovingly awkward physical performance. Yeah. From we went Eddie the Redmayne. like weird, endearing, exploring the world, building character moments. You know? Right. No, I know that's all, that's all fine. Okay. I just, that next assassination, Kels, I, I, I don't know. Like Ezra Miller's credence actually being a Dumbledore is some of the weirdest writing I've ever seen. Like one of the reasons I actually thought the end of Crimes of Grindelwald was interesting was because of these persuasive powers of Grindy maybe being stronger than even his magic. Like the idea that, the idea that Grindelwald's words are more powerful than any spell he mm-hmm. can cast. That is really, that's JK Rowling that's, writing yeah. at some of her, what we assume to be some of her top notch writing level from the Harry Potter series. That's really great stuff. And it's an interesting thought for powerful dictators for their words to be more powerful than their actions. But through the first two films, Grindelwald wants it to harness, I think, the power of credence. I don't know if that's super clear, but I think that's true. Because he had this obscurial and ancient dark magic uh, within him, Credence did. And that would help Grindy achieve more power and status by using Credence in whatever way he thought he could, like as a weapon. But what does Grindy do to allure Credence to come to the dark side? He tells Credence at the end of Crimes of Grindelwald that he's actually a Dumbledore. Aurelius Dumbledore. And the character building of Grindy tells us that he must be manipulating Credence. But in this, in the Right. And in this third film, we find out Credence 
is actually a child of <laughs> Aberforth Dumbledore. It's and, true. In fact, Credence is Aurelius Dumbledore. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. So their fight was whack between Credence, because I'm not going to call him Aurelius Dumbledore. I'm just not. Between Credence and <laughs> Albus, it was it was a whack fight and just very confusing to watch. I didn't know where they were. They were in upside down. I guess Stranger Things 4 is coming out. So it was a <laughs> shout out. It was confusing. And the bad writing and not consistent being not consistent with the character building of the last two movies made I think the whole Credence character just just now it's become like an awful memory for me of these three movies. It's just like so inconsistent the writing. It's it's so bad. And I understand that Credence was this baby from Crimes of Grindelwald that survived from the boat that sank that me and Kelsey were saying we were, we were confused about after first viewing. And that was actually Aberforth's son being taken from him and when it was switched out by Zoe Kravitz's character. But that explanation was so poorly done, especially when we know that Grindelwald was using Credence for his powers and that he uses people around him and lies to them and manipulates them. Like Grindelwald is the is powerful because, like I said, he manipulates others, including Albus Dumbledore. By using that that charm, to the blood charm, to make sure they can never fight one another. Mm-hmm. Grindelwald knew what he was going to do in his life. That was clear when, when he, the pact he made with Dumbledore. And he tricks Dumbledore into this relationship. And he seduces him in a way. And the, to think that he was actually telling the truth to Credence at the end of the second movie, it makes the second movie worse for me, Kels. I actually like the second movie. And going into the third, now I'm like, I don't know if it's that good. Because the ending makes no sense. Does that mean, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, also, I'm going to talk about the blood pack later. I don't know if if we can just say he seduces him. I think they were in love and I and I want to see more of Grindelwald. And well, I'll Dumbledore's talk about past. that too, because I don't want to be rude to Dumbledore, but my guy got got like it, do, it, do, <laughs> it does seem like Dumbledore had like a lot of good dates and my guy Grindelwald was playing uh, was playing chess. Dumbledore was playing checkers. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> I'm just saying like, that's what it seemed like. I think it's fine to say. Yeah, to- maybe, yeah, a toxic relationship is, is fair. Okay, yeah. so um, I guess, like, going off of what you're, what you're saying, too, um, the, the reason that this whole thing is, like, inconsistent and, like, the idea of words, you know, mattering more than, than Grindelwald's actions is, is a really amazing message, and I wish, like, I saw it more. And, um, like, especially when at the end of crimes of Grindelwald we see like Grindelwald tactfully at the end of the meeting with his followers in the graveyard like knowing the aurors and Makusa was going to show up yes and he's like don't act and he waits until an auror kills one of the followers and he yes. says everyone leave from here go tell everyone what you've seen because they're all assets to him it's exactly. beautiful it's so well done it was I was like whoa this is great yeah um and then you know the fire um blue dragon scene came but uh <laughs> but that was great and also though in the first two so like Fantastic Beasts where we have Colin Farrell's chilling mm-hmm. you know uh character and then we have the beginning of crimes of grindelwald we see grindelwald as merciless so like he's taking tongues he's drowning people in carriages and fantastic he's the <laughs> first one he's sentencing people to death trying yeah. to use obscurials to like work undercover using the resources of makusa to plan his takeover oh i like the way you i like the way you said that okay that, is, that is, sounds really cool yeah and but yet in the third movie, he, we 
are like not seeing him be merciless. He's trying to run for office. And I mean, obviously he like kills a baby deer, you know, our children. But nicely. But I don't, but it's just so confusing. It was a weird the, the motivations are just confusing. And Jacob the baker is even able to walk up to him with a stick. Okay. Like, so I. <laughs> a powerful stick. I think just like the biggest um, thing that is weird to me in this movie is not only that it's confusing, but also the kind of motivations uh, not of consistent. Grindelwald are not consistent. Yeah, yeah. They just are not. Yeah. They're confusing. Okay. So um, let's go ahead back to plot. Okay. That's the best back part of this review plot. is the writing of the plot. <laughs> Thanks Wikipedia. Okay. So the leaders of the wizarding world gather in Bhutan where the new Supreme Mugwump is to be elected by the ancient tradition of being found worthy by a chillin who bows to those pure of heart. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> then, <laughs> using dark magic to revive the chillin that he killed earlier, Grindelwald makes the little scaled feather deer bow to him during the walk of the chillin ceremony, thus manipulating the election. He immediately <laughs> he immediately declares war on all muggles. Muggles. <laughs> I can get that out of my mouth. <laughs> on all muggles and tortures Jacob for trying to assassinate him. However, Credence, Queenie Goldstein, and Newt expose him. The closest thing that the Wizarding World has ever seen to reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> the surviving chillin is produced. Who, ah, <laughs> who subsequently bows to Dumbledore and later to Santos. Enraged, Grindelwald tries to kill Credence, who is protected by Albus and Aberforth. The ensuing contact of the two spells breaks the blood pact that prevented Dumbledore and Grindelwald from attacking each other, starting a battle between the two. Fighting to a stalemate, Grindelwald eventually retreats. In the aftermath, a dying credence is accepted by Aberforth and returns home, walking down thousands of stairs, even though they have magic. <laughs> Jacob and Queenie marry in Kowalski's Bakery Shout in out. New York City. Yeah, that's nice. With Yeah, it was really nice. With most of the group and Tina <laughs> in attendance. What the hell? <laughs> and Dumbledore watches the ceremony like a weirdo and doesn't go inside. Briefly thanking Newt before departing alone into the night. Is, All right, Dumb is Dumbledore a loser? Like, <laughs> or because he kind of gaslights Harry, he gaslights Newt, and now he's sitting outside of what? Is he not invited? Do they like him? Does he? No, do he, he was friends? invited. Why wouldn't he be invited? I don't know. He's so like still obsessed with the high school crush. It's just weird. I don't know. Dumbledore is a weird character. His origin story is not very good. I thought it was gonna be very cool. Not good. Okay. I mean Jude Law though. I mean. Yeah, okay come on okay, okay let's let's talk about our final thoughts the hairline though that doesn't make any sense because in the other movie i oh, forget it i'm not going to go into yeah, it yeah i right. mean because he's got a lot of hair in the later harry potter movies i mean like dumbledore you yeah, mean. yeah yeah and he's he's you know i'm, I'm starting to the see hair, it. yeah the hair is an interesting thing because of the magic but okay, um, all right, imagine okay. they just started it with like him getting ready with rogaine <laughs> like, <laughs> just this finasteride in his rogaine he's, he's just going through it just hymns okay um, we're not making fun by the way no this is a real thing we're all going through it y'all okay. okay uh so that plot wow all right i know i just shouted out the writing the first two acts 
were really well written. And J.K. Rowling got credit for the screenplays in the first two Fantastic Beasts films. Steve, I think Cloves, is it Cloves, I believe? Yeah, Steve Cloves. Yes, that's right. Steve Cloves wrote the first, well, he wrote all of the Harry Potter screenplays, I believe. And he did not write the Fantastic Beasts screenplays. But apparently the rumor is, is that they added him on because this this movie became so convoluted because apparently the third act of the script was more like the first two acts. Hmm. Like there was probably a through line, but then Steve Cloves came in and was like, we need to kind of bring back what the energy was uh, in the first two and start, tried to mess with the first two acts a little bit. But this third act, you can tell there's a lot of hands on it. Yeah, and I have this to say sure. about the third act. It is the worst. It is the worst ending to it, to anything hopefully ever in the magical universe of this Harry Potter universe. The whole third act relies on Dumbledore's group that he assembled to have matching briefcases <laughs> to Newt's briefcase. That might seem fine on face value, okay, on the surface, but this podcast goes beneath the surface That's because true. that is weird. It is a messy decision <laughs> to be made by this movie that is in a magical world. We have Bunty, okay, Newt's odd assistant who is getting physical replicas of the briefcase to be made at some store by some poor man. Aren't these people wizards? Are they not magical? Can they not replicate briefcases? What is going on, everyone? There was like a three to five minute scene that cost more money than I'll make in a decade where (laughs) where Bunty is trying to get the briefcases made. Replicants of these briefcases. Guys, I don't know what's going on. Anyways, that's just weird and bad writing. And it's a great example of what a mess this movie is and what the whole ending felt like, which was having too many cooks in the kitchen, y'all. Too many cooks, okay? You only need one to two, maybe three. There was like six or seven people on the script. You could tell. I don't know. I was just so disappointed by the end of this movie. And you, you, when you're reading it, and I'm, and I'm saying, you know, I'm making noises in the background while you're reading the third act. It's because it, it, it just sounds so bad. It sounds like, <laughs> it, it just sounds like somebody just thought of it within a day. You're like, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> this will work. This will get greenlit. Yeah, a political thriller that doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, I didn't even actually think about that until you just <laughs> said that that they're about magic what? about the briefcases. Yeah, about the briefcases. The f- Why would they go get them made? I didn't. I don't know. I didn't even think about that. Um, but yeah, like okay. So be, besides that, because and now- also Dumbledore is hiding things <laughs> from them. He's like legitimately being like, "Hey, they not the, everyone can know." Yeah, not everybody can know. These that, are my secrets. <laughs> we have to do all these the, all these different things. It's like, wait, wh- what? Are you sure? And Dumbledore is like sitting by himself somewhere, being like, "Yes, this is the only thing that can work." <laughs> is if we get physical briefcase. Well, it can't be magical because then they'll know. It has to be physical. It's like this is so weird. Yeah, I don't know. imagine Dumbledore like actually putting this plan on on paper. Um, Minerva, on do you think this is a good idea? She's like, "Oh my god, Albus, leave me." <laughs> alone yeah okay so like in theory right like this seems like a good political corruption movie like there's media even introduced in this world like the election is broadcasted to all the wizarding worlds oh yeah weird um which is like where was the tv in the gryffindor common room though do you know what i mean like i feel like gilderoy lockhart is like working on so many tv deals if this is true we have a lot of science questions about the harry potter universe so but anyway leaving that aside media um and its role in like political corruption and like it was just so strange though 
that I wasn't afraid of Grindelwald. Like I wasn't afraid of him. Like, I think that was maybe one of the main issues besides that confusing plot at like of the whole movie. Like it just lacks stakes. I didn't feel like really nervous around Grindelwald. Like I did in the other movies. Like I want to feel just that like tense. Like I feel like I want to be holding my breath when I see a villain on screen. And I didn't feel that way. And because I didn't feel afraid of Grindelwald, then I didn't feel motivated to root for their protagonists as much because on top of that, I also didn't really feel connected to like the characters Yeah. besides the ones that I had already been able to through different movies, mm-hmm. build a relationship with like Newt, Kowalski, Queenie, maybe Theseus, um, absent Tina. And like, I was just, I don't know. I was like, what's happening on this team? Like I liked Lally, but the accent, you know, was really jarring. And what happened to the writing for my guy comma? Like, I don't know. Anyway, um, the, like the most I remember from his character was that a worm got pulled from his eye Poor and guy. like, obviously his like tragic story of his mother, but yeah. uh, man, I just had a lot of buy-in issues and where like, I think it was unclear is they were like fighting against Grindelwald's character. Um, but for like, right, like political corruption. But if you're going to talk about that, then like I've said earlier in the pod, like then talk about political corruption, talk about political manipulation, talk about language as a uh, weapon, right? Like, yeah. So uh, yeah. Anyway. Okay. What did you think like overall? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what did I think overall? Anybody listening this far, it must be You're a funny like, we question. Already, we already got it, but let's, let's maybe make our thoughts more succinct. Okay. Um, um, all right. Let me try to do that. Uh, I don't think I actually liked anything. Oh this my movie. God. <laughs> That's harsh. Harry Potter means so much to the movies. Like we already said, it means so much to my, means so much to my experience growing up. And I think I did, obviously I didn't relate to Harry Potter as a 12 year old, like the individual, but I found myself, I find myself watching those and relating to them now in a weird way, because I realized as a young child, I like formed my identity a lot off of Harry as a character. And so this universe means a lot to me and seeing new, I saw potential 10 year old kids watching Newt and being like, I want to be like Newt. I want to help those who need the most help, who don't have the resources around them to help. All those little Hufflepuffs out there. Yeah. See, honestly, I'm a Gryffindor, by the way, just to make that clear. I'm but a Ravenclaw. Make, just that just make that clear. Uh, but yeah, all the little Hufflepuffs out there. And I don't think I, I liked anything from this movie. I missed things. I missed Newt as a magizoologist. I missed his weird relationship to Jacob. I missed his, I missed Queenie. I missed Tina as an individual and their relationship with Newt. I missed the magical creatures being the side characters and not these less interesting wizards or witches or villains or heroes that are kind of just used as a way to get us to buy tickets. I don't even really care about Dumbledore or Grindelwald. That's crazy to say. But because they feel like a separate story or a different movie, that was being forced into a more different tale. It's like I just had to watch Fantastic Beasts. How fascism works. Like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I have no problem trying to teach really complicated concepts and deconstruct those and unpack those for children through metaphors and even like an allegorical movie. I have no problem with that. That sounds dope, by the way, what I just said. Yeah, that, that sounds amazing. That is not this movie. Okay? Political, that, magical corruption. Yes, that is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the first one. It touches on it. The next two don't, especially this one. 
and it felt like it reminded me of Star Wars. Okay, this trilogy felt like Star Wars trying to make a trilogy out of Rogue One, hmm. arguably the best Star Wars movie ever. It added or one of them. It's like if, it's like if Rogue One had signed a deal to make five Rogue Ones, but they added Han Solo movies and Boba Fett movies in their Rogue One sequels. So it was like Rogue One, a Star Wars story. We found Han Solo. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Oh no, Boba Fett is here. It's like <laughs> that would have been really, really messy. And I don't understand why we have to add these high concept issues and these characters we already know, okay, and past storylines into this Fantastic B storyline without it being natural, okay? It feels so unnatural. And I thought I was going to say in this podcast that I enjoyed the fan service. And I'll get to that and things that we, I guess, didn't, I guess, didn't like, even though I'm doing that right now, sort of, <laughs> I'll, I'll get to that more in a second because I had a lot of problems with that. But Kelsey, why don't you say some things you like? Cause I know that you, <laughs> I think you like this movie, like a 0.5% more than I did. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's just break up Trey's, Trey's rant with a little positive. I'm sorry. <laughs> you no, know, I mean, I share some of the, the similar feelings. Like it feels like weirdly because i really want to see dumbledore and grindelwald i'll talk about that in a second but positives okay okay the music the music was great uh, yeah. yeah um the music was great in all movies it was nice uh was the polar express theme song in this movie someone let me know okay <laughs> i um, mean i think it was james newton howard i'll i'll take a look while you're talking i think they might have done they might have done that the worldwide ministries i love seeing all the ministries in germany um, like going to a, a temple, like different additions, um, to the magical world. I want different settings. And I love that. Um, I want like avatar going to the earth kingdom and air temple and mm-hmm. fire nation. That's awesome. Um, and I thought maybe it would be cool. Like if you are going to go to these different nations and we were going to go more on this, like a crime thriller like the first movie or I guess maybe even now it is a political thriller just confusing like give me like clues within those those spaces yes like instead of just multiple shots of people protesting and I don't even know what's going on like give me clues to maybe like people in uh, a coffee shop or something you know like maybe they have a Slytherin pin I don't know like I just wanted to see like cool like spy clues um yeah and instead it kind of felt like a fast-paced um, like the reason I'm giving it more credit is that it felt like a good Perot movie. <laughs> oh my God. A good death on the Nile. Yeah. Uh, I guess you're right. That yeah, is really sad. I think you are touching on something, which is every Harry Potter movie and every magical cinematic universe movie so far has been a really good mystery. And this one's trying to do something a little different. It's trying to be a political crime thriller and it fails at that. So yeah. I think you're right. I think Sad it does days. try to do that. Um, and the, the last thing I'll say is, again, the potential. Like, there was the theme of forgiveness. Like, Newt um, is talking to Dumbledore and saying, like, it matters that you try, you uh. know? But it the issue, again, is, like, the quotes didn't hit because we don't have a relationship with the characters and because there's so many different side plots going on that you aren't able to feel the weight of the words, which is sad. I did like that, that scene though, there was something in that scene, what Newt said to him, where I think we talked about this during the movie for a second. Sorry to the people behind us at the Alamo draft house RB. Uh, but I said to you, I think that that might've been the first time that 
Dumbledore actually accepted the fact that he needs to take a more powerful position in this world that he lives in. Because, uh. because it seemed like he was, when that was kind of said to him, even though it seems simple to a lot of us, it matters that you try to, to move on and try to make up for what you've done poorly in your life. It seemed like Dumbledore, as a teacher, that professor at that point, that might have been the moment where he's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to be headmaster. I'm going to take on a larger position and platform, and I'm gonna be a symbol. And it didn't seem like he was quite there yet, but that might have been, you know, that next notch. And that mm. was Dumbledore at the end of the movie thanking him for what Newt did, not just for saving, you know, probably the lives of millions of people by stopping Grindelwald from taking power, but also for inspiring him which is cool because we've never really seen anybody give advice to Dumbledore I would argue that Harry Potter gave a lot of indirect advice uh to Dumbledore and directly but just maybe not clearly Sir. yeah and maybe McGonagall did some behind the scenes advice I would assume she seems like she kind of was running the kingdom from behind the doors but I that was the first time I ever saw Dumbledore get advice so I thought that was cool yeah that's true yeah um okay so take us home Trey uh, really <laughs> lay in with the problems I you have say, with this I can, movie. I can, I, oh, you mean I can finally talk negatively about this movie? Okay. Um, <laughs> it's weird if you're the first time listener to this because we, we don't ever, I don't ever speak this negatively. I think about yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's just such about. a personal, you're right, you it, know, it is very personal. Movie. Besides the terrible writing, I would say that the erasure of Tina and Newt's relationship and the fan service with Hogwarts Altogether is probably the worst parts of this film. I'll start with Newt and Tina. Their relationship was a dream for introverts. It was. We usually see this kind of like heroic male figure. The Nathan Drake Uncharted movie comes to mind right now. But like we usually see these kind of like prototype male archetypes that are uh, hard, just hyper masculine and or James Bond like character. And there's a woman that comes into play and she is like sort of helpful, but maybe in the way as an obstacle. And then they end up being in a relationship, whatever. This is a really interesting relationship. It's almost what I wanted outside of in the Ginny and Harry cinematic Mm -hmm. relationship where you have two characters who are not like by any means asexual, but they have motivations that are greater than themselves. And so they don't focus on themselves that often, if that makes sense. They're constantly thinking about other people. And you can see that. And when they look at each other, it's almost like they're pausing all the stakes that they feel. Everything that they feel like they need to do in the world to help others is paused in moments of eye contact. And I don't know if it's the acting of Watterson and Redmayne, but it's done so well in the first movie and pretty good in the second movie with one of my favorite scenes in the whole trilogy. But I don't understand Salamander eyes. I don't understand why Watterson was not in this movie besides the fact that apparently she might've been pregnant, which congratulations during the production. And I hope it wasn't a writing decision to get her out of this movie because she did say publicly that she was going against whatever JK Rowling was up to with the whole, with the whole marginalizing trans community, even more than they already are. And she was one of the most active voices in deny and denying that she had any kind of like, she was not standing with JK Rowling. Basically mm-hmm. it was like her Emma Watson, Daniel Radcliffe, like immediately were on that. And everybody else kind of came soon after that too. Um, so there were some people, room, I guess the rumor mill went about that, but I think there are enough people like Eddie Redmayne has been like very heavily involved in the trans community uh for better or worse and like i really think some people if that was the issue a lot of people would have joined this production so i'm assuming it's because she was pregnant or it was a writing decision if it was a writing decision 
I, I will quit my job right now and come work for you. Warner Brothers, I'll quit my job right now and come work for you. Okay. Cause if it was going to quit your job, because if it was a writing decision, they need to hire new writers. That is why oh, you're saying you're going to do the yeah, job. I was giving a Jonah Hill <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> I'll do it right now. Show me, actually don't show me a check because I already know, but I'll quit my job. I'll come work for you. Uh, I love teaching. I don't need to quit, but it is so crazy that that was the decision that was made. Assuming that was the decision that was made because I think they have the heart of this trilogy, Tina and Newt. Maybe that's just me or us, but I don't know. I was just very disappointed. And when it comes to fan service, which is the second thing, the last thing I'm going to say is my problem with this film, because I haven't touched on this yet. When it comes to fan service, this is where seeing Hogwarts again, because we saw it in Crimes of Grindelwald, I think, right? Hogwarts. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. When he was like walking up to um yeah they went to see Dumbledore they see the classrooms or whatever and she see and he, and, and, yeah so they saw it I think where this fan service felt different is that you see like the snitch and you go into the school and you see the kids and it's kind of cute and I was laughing in the movie but I think with that and then the addition of seeing the quaffle and the books of monsters at the end out of the briefcases, I don't know if you remember that, but they were attacking people like the book of monsters from Prisoner of Azkaban and the quaffles from the uh, the Quidditch game. I don't know if you saw that, but it came no, out I of didn't. one of the suitcases. It was oh. in one of the suitcases. All these magical things from Hogwarts came out of the suitcase and were attacking the followers of Grindelwald. And when you see all that, I, I can't help but feeling as I leave the theater a little bit exploited. And... I'm not one of those fans of large cinematic universes that gets constantly annoyed by fan service. I actually enjoy it for the most part. And me and Kelsey are a fan of a lot of cinematic universes. In fact, I don't think I've ever gotten annoyed by fan service outside of a bit of Star Wars or Marvel here and there. And that's because a lot of fan service I've seen has felt way more deserving than The Secrets of Dumbledore. Undeserving fan service rips away rips it away the nostalgia the audience's nostalgia for primary sources like the harry potter series everything that we feel attached to in that original series all those feelings and emotions and all that buildup of our lives of having these formative experiences of seeing these things on the screen from the page and then on the screen are taken away from us when you do it in an undeserving way when you just show things to exploit an audience to get tickets it is so transparent as we get more of these universes, one that happens. And The Secrets of Dumbledore, quite literally in the title, is doing that through these depictions of, of, of Hogwarts and then these other small things here and there from the from the Harry Potter universe. And like just seeing like young Slytherin students mess with Jacob was funny, but again, it felt hollow because of this whole movie feeling hollow for it and not having any continuity or actual love for the original creation of the Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them, but also the original Harry Potter movie. So I almost feel like the crimes of Grindelwald and Secrets of Dumbledore almost seem like apologies or an attempt at a, a market correction for possible mistakes of the first film. Or like the critical like response to the first film. Yeah, yeah. What are these beasts? Yeah, wh- why are these beasts in this movie? I thought yeah. this was supposed to be about like the chosen one. And it's like, wait, what? This is just something new. It's just, it's like a Star Wars yeah. story. Like the same it's thing every story. other universe is doing, which is cool. We get new stories on film. And I almost feel like the producers, uh, the Warner Brothers studio and probably some writers behind the scenes got insecure. And they made Crimes of Grindelwald and Secrets of Dumbledore because they felt like they were going to get market corrected a little bit. And I think they were wrong. 
I know they were wrong. And I really hope that this single bad movie does not affect the wizarding world in the future. Yeah. Like, hopefully we still, even if we don't get a fourth and fifth film, what I'm really worried about is that they will not want to create the wizarding world or stories within the wizarding world again. It's like somebody. That is so scary. It's like somebody openly made fun of my child. That's what it feels like. I'm like so annoyed. I'm I'm heaved. I was happy going to this podcast. Also, why the hell is Newt not a vegan? Why is he asking for milk in this trilogy? Like, there's just so many weird things in the second movie. Yeah, Dumbledore asks him for tea, and And he goes, "I'll have milk." What? Yeah, just because it's a human animal or beast, Newt. I know. I just I I know that's not even this movie, but still, guys, I don't know what's going on. No. There's no consistency. Yeah. Okay. So I think like with the fourth movie, there is still potential to save it. Okay. I'm being an optimist. And I, and I think where I want to see it is if this is an adult Harry Potter movie. Okay. We have like adults fighting people. Let's see the stakes. Let's see the Dumbledore, you know, tense, um, or not Dumbledore, sorry, Grindelwald intensity. I'm holding my breath, scary vibes, yeah. scary conversations. Let's see some like dialogue. He's supposed to inspire Voldemort coming yeah. up in the fourth and fifth movie. That's what it's supposed to lead to. We're supposed to be leading to the first, the origins of the order of the Phoenix, which is supposed to take down Valdi. Yeah. Voldemort straight up kills people who talk at a turn. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. This guy is not inspiring anybody. It's I nuts. know. I mean, I know he like, he is, you know, torturing, uh, Kowalski at the end. Yeah, but that but was like, weak. We just like knew it was going to be okay. So like, anyway, but here's the thing. Fix it with that, right? Like, I want these intense moments. I want to just feel like I'm frozen with fear in a graveyard um, when I see Grindelwald. And also, like, I want to see, now that uh, Dumbledore and Grindelwald are, are like a part of this trilogy, or now, I don't know what you call a five movie, five if Iveology. Five. Quintuplet? I have no idea. Anyway, know. but now that they're a part of this story, like I wanted to see like flashbacks, like let me see more of their relationships, uh, a relationship when they're younger. Or if you are not going to show me more flashbacks, like show me more of the relationship, like eating out together and having like these like meetings and talks about like the decisions that now they have both made, like growing up and, um, and falling even like falling out of love or still being in love. Like there was that really cool scene where actually I really did like this scene where, um, Dumbledore is explaining the blood pact to Theseus and Newt. Yeah. And he is like, he's thinking like bad thoughts about Grindelwald and it like is, um, I don't know. It's like wrapping around. Yeah. Wrapping around his arm and his like throat. Like I thought that was like a really uh, cool way to show like Dumbledore's pain Mm -hmm. um, because he doesn't really like speak about it as much. And I was like, let's go into that. Like, let's go. And that's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in these relationships. If you're going to talk about Dumbledore and Grindelwald, let me see their love. Let me see their relationship. Let me see the tough, uh, decisions that they had to make and ultimately like why they are where they are can i push back a little bit i'm ready this is fantastic beast and where to find them. i know but now it's a part of the movie can we can we just say no like can we just can we have like an anti i mean i would like a different movie with them yeah, yeah wh- why can't they do i mean are you telling me that nobody's gonna pay to see two different movies if you told me there's a fantastic beast 4 coming out next year and then also a dumbledore sequel to this secrets of dumbledore part 2 or whatever i'm gonna go see both right like i don't understand why we have to if you're gonna if you're gonna do both okay it's gotta somehow 
complete the new Scamander arc. It has to. The issue is, is people don't think that Newt is the main character. Like they think they, people don't like Newt. I have no idea why. It, it, it feels almost like the way that males have talked about female protagonists in the past a little bit, the way that I've seen the criticism of Newt. Does that make sense a little bit? I, don't, I like this. And they're almost calling him like timid. We can't really hear you. You're not really that powerful. Why am I supposed to like you? A lot of these kind of emasculating language around Newt commander mm. and i and i find that really fascinating because it's happening from even like the most progressive audiences who are reviewing these movies which is like he's just he's the only person trying to help the helpless actively in all these movies and he's so self-aware i love when he in the first movie he was like uh people like you to kowalski and he was like ah people like you too and yeah Newt was he's like, like i no. don't know like i annoy people or even dumbledore <laughs> when he's like you know why i like you new because you don't seek power that's yeah. the only reason i come to you and that's why Harry was special, y'all. That's why everybody loved Harry Potter. It's just so confusing what we've let, I think, the market system of making movies do to our brains about this. Because I think now people are like underselling how great Newt and that arc was of the Fantastic Beast and where to find them because they're so involved in this world, like how you're talking about, of Grind- Grindelwald and Dumbledore. It's it's just, it's inflation. I don't know. It's all being inflated. It's gas prices. I don't, I, don't know. I don't know what to say. I still, I, I think it's a part of the world now. What I see, I think that would be a great idea. Okay. I want a Fantastic Beast movie, you know, yeah. like trilogy or series. Give me a TV show. And I, I want maybe a secret, Secrets of Dumbledore series. Yeah. That would be amazing. I would, I would watch multiple movies about Dumbledore. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And you don't need a $200 million budget. Yeah. Which I don't understand why this movie cost him. All the well, I mean, fight scenes were are, terrible. You want bad CG. Do you, CGI okay, well, this. do you, you know the fight scene between Dumbledore and Voldemort? Yeah. Were we not told we were going to get that in this film? I thought that that was what we were leading up to. Weren't we supposed to get Grindelwald and Dumbledore having an epic battle, an epic duel? What did, what did we see? We saw like them stop fighting each other because why exactly? Not really explained thoroughly. Like I don't want to see them fight. They Honestly, can talk it out, but no forget. words were said. <laughs> they were like in this kind of like again upside down thing where they were like f- like looking at each other and stopped fighting, and I was like. Oh, wait, what? It was it, it was just so confusing. It was so bad. Oh my god! Now now I'm getting sad after this. Okay, listen. Well, okay, let's let's <laughs> before before we clock out here. Why don't we do what? What are we guessing is going to happen with this? With the next movie? Yeah. What are we guessing is going to happen? Well, unfortunately, they like did that Dumbledore walking down the New York snowy street. Um, yeah. To I think they were like wrapping it up just in case. Um, but I, I think that I want to see more beasts. I want to see Tina, um, and Newt. Yeah. But I guess what I, I want to see is like, I want to see Grindelwald's like impact in the world. Like take us to like the followers or take us around like different locations that, um, aren't just like people announcing things like in government or just like. I feel like we were just missing these moments. I guess so. I'm not even making predictions. I just, this is what I want to see. I want to see these moments of running around the ministry and like responding to things. Um, and, and I want to see like us in city streets. Like yeah. I want to go into different people's homes in, in the Harry Potter, like wizarding world. Um, I want to see people who are relatives of people. Like that's how you um, capitalize on the lore, not just like showing us a golden snitch. So anyway, great, I don't really, that's a great way to sum it I up. don't really have any like 
<laughs> predictions. No, that, no, that's that's so that's what I want. Well, that was perfect. I think that that was perfect. I think what you're talking about is basically expanding the creativity more of the magical universe, and I think that that is exactly what we need. Because I was going to say something way more cynical. I was going to say, well, the only person that I know in this universe that could save it would be Harry Potter. And every universe that's ever failed always brings back its its. Uh, original characters that say that made the universe in the first place like luke skywalker and i have a bad feeling that we might be getting introduced to a potter or something like that so you mean like a original james's dad or something we might we might get somebody that everybody goes oh who's this guy the secrets of potter (laughs) part four (laughs) um i have a really bad feeling about that so that's my prediction i think wow i don't think we're gonna i this movie will make probably 400 million, 500 million, and if it does, I don't think we'll get a fourth one. If it if it somehow gets an influx of people because these audience scores are so high of 600 million around where the last one got, we could see a fourth one and I don't see them no one is saying what we're saying right now from what I've listened to. Maybe people who are listening to this get it, but no one is saying that they like Newt. That's one. And nobody is saying that they really care about the beast. They think If you for are someone who appreciates Newt, Please let us know. Hit us up. Yeah. You know, we just we just want more people in this world who love Newt. Yeah. We need more Newts. Okay. Anything else? I think that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been the extra credits of Fantastic Beast, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Not sure what they are, but there are secrets in this movie. There's so many secrets that you're left with secrets. Thank you all for listening. And remember, it's not who you are underneath but what you do that defines you. So what you can do is rate, (laughs) review, and find other pods from us on most podcast platforms. Please throw us some stars on Apple and Spotify. And if you can, please write a review for us on Apple and follow us on Spotify. And finally, you can find us on Instagram at Extra Credits Pod, DM us, and on Twitter at The Extra Credits. Also DM us. Yes, and watch out for our drafts where you can vote on our Instagram stories. Oh, yeah. I usually win. Or email us at extracreditspod at gmail.com. We appreciate any and all feedback. This has been Trey. And this is Kelsey. Peace. Bye. Let's go.